Do you like exclusive stuff? Yes, yes sir. sir. Do you like having access to your favourite podcast hosts in a way like never before? Yeah, absolutely. Do you wish you had access to our old Survivor Oz episodes that you can't find anywhere else online? Oh, yeah. If you answered yes to one, two or all of those questions, then get excited because the Oz Network is now on Patreon. <laughs> That's right, your favourite podcast has jumped on the Patreon bandwagon to enable a better listening experience for you, our listener. For more details, simply head to www.patreon.com forward slash oznetwork where you can sign up for as little as $3 a month. It'll be the best decision you make since that last bad one you made. You're listening to the Oz TV podcast, only on the Oz Network. It is the Oz Network coming to you today for a very special episode, an exclusive episode. We love it when we can bring you an exclusive episode because we are back to talk about a little TV show called Nip Tucker, TV show that aired on this day for the very first time 20 years ago on the 22nd of July, 2003, to celebrate the occasion of the 20th anniversary of Nip Tuck, we have arranged a reunion episode to celebrate the occasion, just like we did for Third Watch, just like we did for 24, and this time we're back to do it for Nip Tuck. Of course, we covered every single episode of Nip Tuck. Nick and myself, all 100 episodes, recap every single one of them, brought you a bunch of interviews as well with some of the cast members on the show over the years. And today we're bringing back five, five people who are on Nip Tuck over the course of its six seasons to discuss their memories, their time, some great behind the scenes stories, the iconic nature, everything else along those lines that they remembered and want to share and discuss and come together and just have a fantastic time here to celebrate Nip Tuck. So joining us on the show today, you are going to hear from two people who have been on this show before both John Hensley and Robert Lasado, who have both appeared in full-length interviews. If you've not heard those ones, I thoroughly recommend after you listen to this to go and check that out. And three people have never appeared on this show. We have the incredible John Schneider, the incredible Paula Marshall, the incredible Ruth Williamson, and they're all here to give those memories of their time on Nip Tuck. This is an exclusive. You're not going to see any other Nip Tuck reunion out there. I don't like using that word exclusive unless it's true. And this is true. The only Nip Tuck reunion at least that we're aware of, that is happening at any point to celebrate the 20th anniversary of this show. So sit back, relax, listen, tell us what you don't like about yourself too because you're going to hear me use that in just a few moments as we bring you the Oz Network's exclusive 20-year reunion of Nip Tuck. Tell me what you don't like about yourself. Eight immortal words that introduce us to one of the most iconic and daring television shows of the 2000s. On this very day, 20 years ago, the 22nd of July, 2003, they were first uttered on FX by Dylan Walsh, who played one half of plastic surgery duo McNamara Troy alongside Julie McMahon on Nip Tuck. It was a show that would go on to air 100 episodes over seven years, winning countless awards, including the Golden Globe for Best Drama in 2004, and breaking boundaries on a variety of topics and taboos never before covered on mainstream TV. It was also the show that fully set the icon that is Ryan Murphy into the television landscape, bringing audiences his unique style that has become a staple in mainstream television and led to some of the most popular and groundbreaking shows over the last two decades. 
and to help celebrate the iconic show on this iconic day. It is an honour to be able to bring together four actors who helped cement the legacy of Nip Tuck over the years. Now, between them, they appeared in 88 of the 100 episodes across all six seasons and each brought their own unique impact on the legacy of Nip Tuck. And two of them today are making their debut on this very show, The Oz Network. So without further ado, let's bring them in and we're going to go in order from the total number of episodes that they appeared on the show. And we're going to start with a woman who appeared on six episodes across four seasons playing the lovable plastic surgery addict, Mrs. Hedda Grubman. I'm just going to call her Mrs. Grubman because, let's be honest, that's what we knew her as. Uh, It's a pleasure to welcome Ruth Williamson. Ruth, first of all, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. It's very nice to to be here. I'm glad you're doing this. It's it's an honour to be able to speak with you today to help celebrate this occasion. Uh, Also making her Oz Network debut today, appeared in seven episodes across season five, playing Hearts and Scalpels actress Kate Tinsley. Pleasure to welcome to the show Paula Marshall. Paula, thanks for joining us. Hi, so, glad to be here. I'm so glad that you're here as well. I've got so many questions. Season five, it's a fun season. We've got plenty to cover around that as well. And uh, two other guests, one who will be joining us very shortly, but our next guest, no stranger to the Oz Network and definitely no stranger to Nip Tuck fans. Ten episodes across four seasons he appeared in. He played the iconic drug lord, villain, 80s music-obsessed guy, Esker Galado. Uh, it's a pleasure to welcome back to the Oz Network, Robert Lasado. Robert, I feel like I need to play Cars by Gary Newman right now. I think that's just in your contract every time you make an appearance. Uh, Robert, welcome back. Thank you, Ben. Thank you. <laughs> I got through all of that, didn't I, I think. <laughs> and we'll be uh, joined by very, very shortly uh, another returning guest who I, I'm pretty sure all Nip Tuck fans will know and love. But Guys, I'm going to start off with the basic question. 20, 20 years of Nip Tuck. Here we are, 20 years ago on this very day the show premiered. I'm going to start with you, Robert, because you, alongside Ruth, were in that pilot episode that aired on this day. Talk to me right now. Uh, 20 years, is it hard to believe that it's been that long since the show premiered? Yeah, when you bring up that number, it, it doesn't calculate. Like, I can't believe it's that long. It's crazy you to know. think. Crazy to think that it has been that long. And Ruth, too, you were in that very uh, premiere pilot episode as well for you, 20 years of, oh, of I, this show. I remember it vividly. I had to get out of a play I was doing in Los Angeles. Wow. In order to shoot the pilot, and I took the train down to San Diego. We shot it in San Diego. And uh, and nobody seemed, really knew what they were doing. <laughs> it was so new. <laughs> and I remember, you know, uh, Julian and... and um, Jolie, both were just like, Ruth, we don't know what we don't know what we're doing. <laughs> you know, we have no idea who we are or what we're playing. They were so cute. And we all just bonded because we were gonna try to make something good, damn it. It was the last thing we ever did. And and we had a really good time. Yeah. The the rest is I was in one tiny scene, but it it blossomed into something great. So. Oh, we'll, we'll touch on that. That one tiny scene definitely uh, set that, that character into the stratosphere. Paula, for you, obviously, you you joined a little bit later. Season five, you were in. And we'll, we'll touch on sort of how you all got in the show uh, at that point. But had you watched Nip Tuck sort of before you were cast? Were you familiar with it, uh, essentially, before you ultimately were on the show? Oh, yeah. I watched. And when I got the audition, I was like, oh, because it's an established show and those are kind of hard to get into. Um, so when I got the audition, I was thrilled. Um, it was only later that I read and I think I had to cry. Maybe there were three or four scenes. You guys know when you cry and you have a couple scenes and it's, you know, it's hard enough to just walk in the room and, and pretend you're doing stuff with no one, just the reader. It, 
it's hard. So I had to cry. I thought I killed it. And I, I remember leaving and going back to my car. And then I got a call from my agent that said, Ryan Murphy wants you back. I'm like, oh my God, what did I do? I guess I I did a good job. And he had to talk to me about a couple things that the character would go through to see if I was game. And I immediately said, no, I was like, no, I'm not, I'm not doing that. Um, and then my agents were like, no, Paula, you're totally going to do it. Ryan Murphy. I'm like, no, I'm too vain. I'm not doing that. <laughs> um, and I did it anyway. So there you go. I got, I got to bring that up. Just, you brought it up, Paula, you know, I'm going to mention it. That wouldn't happen to be a certain, yes. uh, defecating in a, in a jacuzzi scene. Would a it? Jacuzzi. Mm. It was, it was dirt and Coca-Cola. I just want to, you know, burst the bubble. Stop it. Wait a minute. I'm back up. That was you. <laughs> that was me. And let me tell you something. I oh, have this. Paula, I, I, that's iconic. Right? That, that's an iconic scene. But literally, I think I've seen it once. And if you look closely, you see me laughing. And I was saying to Ben that, like, I told them I'm going to do two takes and I'm done and I'm moving on because I'm not doing this anymore. Um, but again, I almost didn't do the show because of that. And because of the other like reveal with the body, I'm like, oh, no. You know, Carly Simon was wow. not talking about me when, wow. when she said Warren Beatty was it was me. It wasn't Warren Beatty. I'm very, very vain, especially back then when I was like 30 or 28 or whatever I was. Um, so I'm really surprised I did it because, you know, that's not easy to do. It's just feels so ridiculous. Well, you saw that, you that know? reaction straight away there from Ruth that even now it's, it's a scene that people remember. So, I mean, Shocking. I'm sorry, Ruth. I'm sorry to bring that back. <laughs> I, love that. God. I, I remember everybody in the I think that, uh, entertainment in itself is pretty ridiculous. Yeah, I think it's, I mean, that speaks to the nature of the show though, that there are so many scenes that even after all these years that, are memorable. I mean, one scene that we talked a lot about when we covered all the episodes of the show that went very iconic was uh, the episode in which uh, Julian's character, of course, uh, Christian Troy, uh, had sex with a woman by putting a paper bag on her head, uh, which obviously yeah. went on to uh, a variety of different uh, moments and, and memes. I mean, we can talk a lot about that uh, throughout this uh, episode in terms of just things like that. But I would just bring it back to that pilot and sort of you know, Ruth, what you were talking about, about none of you sort of knowing what you're doing. Do you remember, I'll start with you, Ruth, with this, when you got that script before you were even on set and kind of your initial thoughts of when you read this show, this brand new show called Nip Tuck? Wow. Um, I'm trying to think if I even got the whole script. I don't think I did. I really don't think I got the whole, I might have, but I, I just, I, I, I just remember, I remember the audition and I remember I ad-libbed in the audition, you know, I, I, and so I kept it when we shot the scene, the, you know, when he says, you know, come on in, Mrs. Grubb, and, you know, my favorite patient. And I'm like, mm-hmm, I should say that to everybody. And, <laughs> and uh, you know, it sort of gave him a little, I think I patted him on the ass or something. I don't know. <laughs> you got to do that with Julian though, right? That's just like that natural. You just kind of like you're there and you're like, let's do it. Come on. <laughs> right, right. Well, he and I got along like a house on fire. We really liked each other and, and had a good chemistry and realized that, that really, as we learned over the course of the, of the seasons, um, Dr. Troy and Mrs. Grubman were not so different. Mm. Both of them were horrible narcissists and would do almost anything to make themselves look good. 
And I mean that not only physically, but in every conceivable way. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And they recognize that in each other. And through the course of the, and finally, you know, when in the scene where at the end when I, I die and he gives my uh, eulogy, he talks about that, about how we weren't so very different, were we? Yeah, exactly. I, I should mention, we're, we're, we're bringing our, our next guest into the show uh, just now, but uh, I'm actually yeah, I'm speaking to two ghosts today because two of you, your characters do pass away in the show. So um, it's always good to be able to bring back those uh, <laughs> those spirits up to the show. But I'm going to bring in, uh, and we'll, we'll come back to you, Robert, of course, around that question about reading for the very first time, because I'm going to bring in our uh, next guest here on the show, somebody who has appeared on this show as well, also in the pilot, one of our, our main four beloved stars uh, of the show uh, when he comes in. I, I want to make sure that I'm getting the introduction there. There he is. I'm seeing him right now. Uh, John, I've got to quickly give you your introduction here because I, I, oh, I, I wrote this out for you to, to give you a big head. You appeared in 65 episodes of the show. As I said, one of the four main cast members credited in all 100 episodes. You played the lovable, but let's say unlucky son of uh, both Sean and Christian, uh, Matt, Matt, Matt McNamara, a pleasure to welcome back to the show, Mr. John Hensley. John, I got there. Welcome to the uh, the 20th anniversary of Nip Tuck. You got there. It's a, it's a pleasure to be here, Ben. I can't uh, um, I can't believe you're taking the time to do this. This is super cool, man. This is really cool. Well, it's exciting. And I, I love now being able to stare at all of your wonderful faces. Uh, yeah, as I said to you off air, you, you've all not aged today. You're all looking fantastic. And I also love the fact that we can all come here to celebrate this show as well, uh, John, we were just uh, just touching with Ruth and was going to throw to Robert as well about when you first got that script for the pilot, because obviously three of you there were in that pilot. So I'll, I'll come back to you in just a second with that, John. Robert, yourself, do you have memories of getting that script for the, the pilot and reading for Escobar Gallardo for the first time? It, it's pronounced Gallardo, by the way. Thank I'm you. Just saying, Gallardo, Escobar Gallardo. And first of all, I want to say, hey, John, it's good to see you, man. It's very good to see you too, sir. Absolutely. Good to see you, brother. Hi, John. Very good to see you too. <laughs> hey, hey, how are you? So good to see all of you. This is wild. Yeah. So the question. Okay. So um, honestly, Ben, it wasn't like any other, it wasn't like any different than any other audition. <clears throat> I think I received sides. I went in. Um, I had worked with Michael Robbins before on NYPD Blue. Um, so I was familiar with him as a producer. I didn't know who Ryan was. I read for him. And uh, the feedback was that Ryan wanted me for the job. And then uh, also that he was terrified for some reason when I came into the room. I don't know why, but <laughs> I, was, I was effective in what I did. So there's that part of it. And then um, when we did the pilot, um, I this was I prior to Nip Tuck, because you got to remember something. You know, none of us, at least I didn't have any idea the kind of impact the show would make. So for me, it just felt like, you know, familiar territory in terms of this kind of nefarious, scary guy, you know, uh, involved in drug trade, torturing someone with a little bit of humor in there. So it was everything prior to that, I think, was kind of a training ground boot camp for me to be ready for the ultimate fight, but I had no idea it was a heavyweight championship in terms of the uh, impact that it would make on the society and television. That it would be this phenomenon. So I just went in, like I always do, fully committed. I thought some of the material was well-written. Uh, I liked 
um, you know, working with the, the, the other actors, I felt a rapport with everyone um, and uh, the scenes worked well. And then the uh, next thing I know, um, I, fig- I think I figured out in late time what I had done. It was almost like I, like everything I do. I black out when I'm there. You know, I, I get immersed myself in character. And then in retrospect, I look at this thing and go, oh, that's what we did? And people later on would tell me, do you even realize the impact of this thing? People from FX would meet me in Santa Monica on the street. People I didn't even know would come up to me. This is going to be a game change for you, Lasarda. I'm like, what is the show? I work for FX and we've seen it. And so all these, there was this kind of like um, this foreshadowing of things to come that I felt outside of because I was so always immersed in the work itself that I didn't consider any of these things, you know, um, until a few years later after I was off the show. I suddenly realized, well, okay, there was something to this. But while I was doing it, honestly, I didn't really look at it that way. I just seemed to be another job. I was grateful for the work. And when I worked with Ryan and some of the other actors, I felt privileged because I could sense at least that I was in presence of professionals, very insightful, creative people who took the material serious. And they were, they appreciated me. When I worked with, you know, I did a couple of scenes with John, I just felt the chemistry and a sense of belonging that felt different than some of the sets I'd been on. And I remember Ryan coming up to me and I gave him a kiss on the cheek. He was very sweet to me, very kind. Not every producer is like that. Some of them lord their power over you and people are very frightened. They tiptoe on the set. You know, I didn't feel that way. I felt at home in that circumstance. So that's how I remember it. What a great summary. That's fantastic. I love hearing all of that. John, uh, I mean, Follow that. I don't know if you can. <laughs> I don't know that I can. I don't know that I can. I was just, I was really loving listening, listening to that. And, and, uh, sort of similarly, I don't, you know, I've, I've always wondered this about people when they work on things. I've never, I've never, how do I say this? Anything, anything that has, uh, that I've been a part of, I've only been able to sort of, uh, appreciate not the right word, but I guess sort of understand it in retrospect, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm sort of much the same way. Like I, I, uh, um, uh, I feel very fortunate anytime I get the opportunity to, to do this stuff. And, and I never really, you know, I'm just sort of simple in that way. I don't really think much past it, you know, and really quite frankly, throughout the entire run of Nip Tuck, I mean, the one thing I know is, and this sort of gets, I guess, back to your your initial question, Ben, is that I um I'm gonna try to I'm gonna try to tell this story quickly and without being too self indulgent. I've already stumbled enough in speaking about it. Um, but but um, right before the pilot script for Nip Tuck came my way, this was like you know, obviously back in the day where like scripts would show up on your doorstep in manila envelopes and all of that good stuff. And, and, and um, like literally two days before that I had had a, a conversation with my manager at the time about um, c- cause I was already in my, almost in my mid twenties, I was like 24 and I had, uh, you know, sort of done things in my life before I ever got involved, uh, you know, in I guess storytelling and, and, you know, I cowboyed in Wyoming and and I, I'd grown up as a kid in Kentucky and, you know, I'm actually here in Kentucky right now on a trip with my daughter. And, and we, uh, um, and, and I was a bit of a, you know, I was a kid who was really sort of driven by fear and insecurity, which led to 
you know, a few overnight stints and, 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 um, and, and, and a few appearances before local judges and all that good stuff. So I felt as a young guy, I thought, God, you know, I've, I've lived a little bit of life and, and I don't, I don't want to play the teenage kid anymore. And then literally two days later, the script for Nip Tuck showed up and um, I read the pilot script and I thought this is far and away the best, certainly piece of television I'd ever had the opportunity to read. I thought the script was just truly incredible. And um, um, and so I decided, <laughs> this shows how just silly I was. I was like, well, I'll go, I'll go in and, 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 but I'm not going to audition. I'm going to tell them how much I love it. And then I'm going to maybe see if I can wrangle like a guest spot or something for like an episode later down the line. Cause I just felt, you know, really, um, I was, I was still very conflicted about the idea of playing this high school kid and, and, you know, with a pilot as everybody here knows you literally, you know, there's no way to know, you know, wh where, where anything's going to go. And so, uh, I went in and sat down. First time I, I read, it wasn't for Ryan. It was uh, for Greer Shepard, who was a, another uh, EP on the show. She was actually Michael's partner for many years. They might still be partnered. They they produced a number of shows together. And um, I said to her, just like an absolute fool, I, I essentially what I said, oh, this is amazing. I'm not your Matt. I'm just not, I'm not the guy that you want to play this son. Uh, if you ever have a guest spot, I'd love to audition again. Thank you so much. And she very kindly, instead of telling me to go pound sand, which, you know, I deserve, <laughs> she very kindly said, well, why don't you just read and let us be the judge of that? And, mm -hmm. and so I did. And, and, um, and, and what happened is that over the next bit of time, I, I think I read for the show, I could be anywhere from like five to seven times. And, I found myself every time wanting to be a part of this thing more and more because sort of throughout that audition process, you start to glean little bits of the people on the other side of the table. And you kind of, you know, it's all highly presumptive, but you start to gather things about it. And you think, Oh, this is, this, this has an interesting energy to it. And, 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 um, and then, you know, fortunately, uh, for reasons unknown, they they asked me to 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 come and be a part of it, and it was in in those those initial days we shot the pilot down in San Diego, and that was a that was actually a really magical time because like everybody on the show, I got this, and again this is just totally my thing, and then I'll shut up. I'm talking way too much about this, but but uh, the, the there was just like an energy of almost like firsts, you know, like there were there were so many people on that set that had like long resumes, you know, and, and sort of from, from all departments working on that show, but there was just like an energy about it to me to where no matter if you, you know, had, were coming to the table with a career's worth of work behind you or were somebody like me who hadn't done much that just had this feeling of, Oh, this is an interesting thing that we all get to be a part of. And I, and I got in that newness of that interesting thing, was um i found it to be really infectious uh, you know sort of throughout the the shooting of the pilot you know that that first season was really kind of magical in a lot of ways because it was just so there was just a, a newness to it you know like internally you know everybody was sort of i think a little 
happily like beside themselves that that oh this is kind of why i got into this stuff was to do something <laughs> like this you know and that that was a really lovely feeling you know to to get to have that and it's also that level of television at the time as well right they were sort of going into this new era of television sort of cable shows were becoming king we were still very much a, a, a network landscape and nowadays obviously it's kind of the opposite but Nip Tuck was one of those shows that really did set the bar when it came to that one. I wanted to touch on one thing. It's an interesting, I think, transition into Paula when you came into the show because obviously with what John and, and Robert and Ruth are saying there about the pilot, season five in a way was almost kind of like a bit of a reboot for the show in many aspects. The show moved to LA. There was a whole other mm-hmm. bunch of elements to it. There was a lot of changes going around when it came to the show that ultimately would lead to its penultimate season. Was that ever kind of sold in a way kind of to you that it's a bit of a reboot or did you kind of see that as a, as a bit of a way kind of when you came into it at all playing uh, Kate? I didn't really. I just watched it. I was a fan of the show. Um, and any opportunity again, like I said before about doing a recurring is kind of a big deal. You know, the, the show's on the air. There's You can do one and done, but this is, uh, you know, you, and you never know. You do a good job, Californication, my one episode turned into 10. Sometimes that happens, um, and that's great. But, no, I knew. there. Everyone, I remember um, you were saying something about the pilot and no one knew what they were doing. Oh, everyone knew what they were doing. I mean, people were very confident. People, it, you could feel it. I was nervous. I was nervous with Dylan. I was nervous with everybody. Um, and and then there's like Bradley Cooper was on yes. my episode. I remember going to lunch with Bradley and, and Bradley was doing a lot of movies. He really didn't do television, but again, it wasn't regular television. I remember saying, Bradley, like, why are you doing TV? And he goes, let me tell you one thing. We were at lunch at Osteria La Mama over on um, on Melrose, I guess right across from where we were shooting, Paramount. Um, and I said, why are you doing this? And he goes, I just finished a movie called Something About or All About Steve or Something About Steve. And he goes, guess who I played? I'm like, Steve? And he goes, yeah, guess how much I got? Like hardly anything. I guess I think it was like Sandra Bullock. Anyway, um, I don't know why I went off on that, but you had like these amazing people. You had Bradley Cooper on the show and I got to work with him. And that was really fun. Well, I was going to, um, but glad no, you I, brought that up with the guest stars because uh, that, that was definitely one of the questions and I was going to ask you about Bradley, but I mean, for each of the other people on the show, just in terms of some of the people that you were sharing, Ruth, you talk about your last scene. You got to sing with Burt Bacharach. I mean, <laughs> how's that? How, how do you, how does that come about when you read that in the script and there you are sharing yeah, the screen was, with Bert? <laughs> That turned into an iconic scene. Yeah. Um, I got a phone. I was doing, um, I was working up at the O'Neill Conference, the Eugene O'Neill Conference in Connecticut. I was working on a play that I'd written and I was workshopping it. And I get a phone call from Ryan Murphy. And he says, Hello, darling. Um, I have good news and bad news. And I said, <laughs> Oh, dear. Well, what's the bad news? He said, We're killing you off. I said, I said, well, that's really bad news. I'm very, very sad to hear that. What's the good news? I said, you're going to sing with Burt Backrack <laughs> in, in your final scene. So it was great. And and Burt Backrack was, first of all, he was so tiny. I remember seeing him come in the room with Julian, who was very tall. 
And Bert would look like this tiny, tiny little man <laughs> next to him. And he was such a groovy cat. He was like a jazz cat, you know? He was like, yeah, I like your phrasing's really nice. Thanks. He was just so cool and, wow. um, and sweet. What did you and, think? Do you remember what you sang? Yeah, I what sang The Spells in Love With You that he wrote, you know? Is he saying this guy, this guy's in love with you? There goes that next question. I was going to ask if you wanted to give us a rendition of it today. We, no, we haven't prepped you. No. <laughs> <laughs> Completely. Everyone tune oh, in. We've got, we've got this it's karaoke <laughs> session that way. Robert, yourself. No, it's, it's on YouTube, though, and people are always saying, do you know you're on YouTube? I'm like, yeah, I know. It's on YouTube. <laughs> it wasn't released on like iTunes or something like that. It's sort of like a duet, that kind of a newer version with that. Robert, I mean, one that I wanted to call out for you, in, in that pilot episode, Raymond Cruz, who obviously has gone on to lots of things. Uh, a lot of people probably know him more so of Breaking Bad these days as well. But, uh, you know, working with someone like that uh, and some of the other sort of the, the guest stars that you got to work alongside with. Yeah. Oh. Me? After for Robert. Sorry. Oh, Robert, I'm sorry. <laughs> you can talk about Raymond Cruz as well if you want to, Ruth, by all means, please. <laughs> well, I, rem- I remember a scene. I can't remember what s- season it was. I think it was season four and um raymond and i we had this scene to do and i remember sitting for three hours with the bermans the special effects company that did the makeup for escobar when uh ryan murphy uh, brought the character back to life literally uh, resurrected him so to speak um and i remember them doing this really very detailed um astonishing uh, Frankenstein-type face with staples on it. Yeah. And uh, I remember when Escobar was in the hospital and the Raymond Cruz character came to see him. And I remember when Escobar had to take the bandage off and he asked Raymond's character, you know, what do you think? <laughs> and uh, I remember the, how Raymond played that. He did not want to offend the likes of Escobar because he was such a associate, such a sociopath. And uh, so he basically told him that he looked very macho. And I just remember that that was a lot of fun that that particular day and the reveal, because, you know, usually when you look at these things, the subjective tendency is to look at yourself, this idea of what you are as a, an actor or personality, however you perceive yourself. So when you look in the mirror and there's no self, there's no reference point for the identity because they put a mask on the face. And there's no recognition of Robert. There's just this monster staring back. I thought that was fascinating. And I think Raymond and I both enjoyed uh, that particular scene together because of how monstrous uh, the visual effects suggest suggested. You know what, where Escobar was going psychologically, and in fact, inevitably he would escape from that hospital bed, and you'd see the handcuffs left there, and this ominous music playing. So I remember that sequence with Raymond more than anything else because of the of how it affected me when I watched it. And then left, of course, his character's body with his brains blown out on the couch of uh, Sean when he came home to discover that, uh, <laughs> of course, as uh, getting rid of yeah. the, uh, the the evidence. John, I mean, I know in our interview with you a couple of years ago, we talked a lot about sort of who you worked alongside with, but I, I've got to mention Famke. I mean, come on, can we not, not just mention Famke Jansen? You obviously got to share oh, yeah. a, a lot of great scenes with her, ultimately walk off into the sunset with uh Ava Moore, her character, of course. I mean, can you share? Can you share anything around the iconic Famke Jansen and getting to share some amazing scenes with her? No, I mean, I think uh, 
I mean, I'll tell you my my sort of my strongest memory of of working with her it was just her um because you mentioned earlier it's like the 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 people that would come in and and do recur that's uh, and not to was it that said it might have been actually Ryan that said this I'm not sure who said it but I think it was probably Ryan that or maybe it was somebody who actually wrote about the show but it, they basically said that Nip Tuck was like the new love boat that it's really the the, the people who come in and work on the show, you know, and, and sort of have their arcs and then move on. Like, that's what makes the show. And, and it was always, uh, and I promise you, I'm getting to the, to the, the. You fit in very of, well on this but, show, John. This is, but, this no, is what but, we do. But it, 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 it was always, there was always a buzz about like, who's doing the show, you know, like there, but, but we didn't, we didn't do table reads on the show. And, and so we, um, uh, I, I could be wrong, but I think the only table read that we did was literally on the pilot. So pilot you never, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, and I, I, um, so you never knew, like, I remember going to craft service one day and like Larry Hagman standing there and I was like, <laughs> Larry Hagman, like, <laughs> what are you doing here? You know? And, and, uh, and, um, um, and it was, and it was, it was really like that. It was really cool. So when she came on the show, I'm trying to, you know, it's, it's been a number of years, honestly, and, and it's, and it's a little, I don't want to misrepresent the way it all went down, but um, I believe the way it unfolded is, is she had agreed to do the show. And I think Ryan is the one that told me, and I, I mean, I was for sure, like, I, th I thought, my God, that's an incredible get. And, and, um, um, and then when she came on and, and everybody on here can relate to this, it's like when you have someone new too, and you know, you, 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 you don't, it's, there's, there's so many unknowns. And, and so you, you don't, you know, my, my sort of mode of operating is I, I tend to like, hopefully politely without being standoffish, like stay back a little bit just to allow whoever's there to, you know, sort of find their, you know, make their own home as it were, you know? And, but she came in and she was so cool. She was just so cool. And so game, like there was no, like there was a real like worker among worker vibe that she brought to the show. And it was, it was lovely. And it's not that I expected anything different. I didn't know her, but it's always just a pleasant, encounter you know when someone just shows up and they're ready to rock and and they're and they're they're just of like sort of instant instantly integrated into the fabric of the thing you know and and which makes sense i mean she'd obviously done so much you know before then and then you know so i imagine she feels comfortable in all kinds of situations and then sort of jumping forward when they like, it was just it's so interesting, you know, because then when they, you know, the big reveal about Ava, mm -hmm. uh, you know, in fact, man, it, it was like, I remember Ryan coming to me and he was like, I don't know how she's going to take this. He was like, she has no idea. <laughs> she has no idea. And, and, um, I was kind of, she thinking, had no idea, John, that she had no idea. Wow. She had no, idea. they never once, they never once told her. And, and maybe maybe they didn't know, but they never once told her this is where your character's going. Huh. And, and oh Ryan, yeah, I know, I know. And and so, but that's the thing that really stuck to me about Fonka because she literally like 
it was as though they told her, hey, do you mind wearing like the cream colored blouse instead of the black blouse? Like she was just like, cool. All right. <laughs> it's like nothing. And and I remember Ryan kind of vaguely thinking that a huge bomb might go. You know, it's like, are we going to lose? Like, is she going to come back? Because I, th- I think I, I don't know where she lives these days, but I think at the time she was in New York. So it was like, you know, it's this whole thing of like, this could really go sideways. And when they told her, I mean, it was it was literally as nothing as nothing could be, so you know? Chill. And it, wow. Yeah. So chill. Yeah. So she was, I mean, she was lovely. She, she was really great. Um, and it's, and it's always such a, you know, I mean, I, I, I've been very, very fortunate in that, um, you know, you, you hear so many, which I know are true. And I've had a few of those, but you hear so many stories about sort of tricky work situations you know, just amongst cast and actors and all that stuff. And I, I feel really blessed, man. Like I, I've, I've had far more, um, just pleasant experiences than not. It makes the ones that aren't stand out a lot more. I will admit that, but, but, um, but, um, I'd say for the run of the show for, I mean, at least in my, in my experience, you know, I mean, other people may have other, but I, boy, I, I feel, uh, it's so funny, Robert, listen, listening to you talk to you, I was thinking about you and Raymond and God, man, it was just that like those times there was, there was such like a root. I, I was unaware. And this kind of goes back to what you were saying too, about kind of not knowing when you're in the moment of what something is. It's like you all in many ways, like you and Raymond and, and, and it's weird how you have these anchor points of memory, you know? And it like, yeah. It's like, that's like, it's just really, it's, it's sort of interesting to be sitting here right now talking to you all because things are, as we're talking are like flooding back to me, you know, it's almost like, yeah, it's very strange. It's like clouds are sort of parting and it's like, oh, right. Oh, you know, it's, it's very interesting. I think I gotta say, I think the reason Ryan was so successful in getting like anybody he wanted to be on the show (laughs) was that everybody had a remarkable arc. Yeah. yeah. I don't care who you were. If you were a guest star on that show, man, you had an arc. Even if it was for one episode, man, it was a good arc. And yeah, um, usually you know, guest stars don't ever, they, you don't usually don't get that lucky. No. You just kind of save things for everybody else. Exactly. <laughs> That's why I think this was so magical. I mean, certainly for me, it was a, it was a banquet, you know. Yeah, I think it also speaks to the brilliance, don't you think, ladies and gentlemen, of the writing team and how they flesh these characters out where some of the stuff these days is so trivialized. They don't really, they marginalize characters. They don't really develop, or they play a a culturism or a a political phenomenon. I don't think Ryan messed around with that too much. I'm with you. Yeah, I agree. And there's a lot of it still that even 20 years later holds up very well. Some of the topics that were covered in a period of television and society that these topics weren't being talked about. I mean, John. Well, it was a transitional point, man. Let's face it. It was a transitional point, whether people knew it or not yeah. unconsciously, it definitely paved the, the way for so many people to explore aspects of their, their physical body, their mm-hmm. idea of identity and all that stuff, spiritually, psychically, whatever you want to call it. I think it opened the, it, the floodgates to that. Yeah. If I, mean, I can be so. As, I, I remember as a, as a viewer and uh, before I did my guest spot, yeah, I, I was like shocked at what they were allowed to do on these shows. This is yeah. not normal TV. So no. yeah, it started something. 
And that's the thing. I mean, no, no, no. You, you touched I on. A, I have a story, Ben. Can I got it before I can I just throw this out? Please, here? I, I want to hear it. It speaks to what John was talking about, about the actress who's like, how is she going to take this? And I remember Ryan coming into my trailer and I was talking to him, an idea I had about the pilot. Uh, I don't know. Actually, I don't know if it was. The, I don't know what episode. I think it was the first season. And there's a sequence, I think, when Escobar has sex with this woman. And I suggested after doing a very in-depth character analysis that it made more sense for the positioning of the woman to be more um, speaking to Escobar's tendency to be uh, not the missionary position, but to be something less uh, intimate and have her turn around. And he said, well, thanks, Robert. Now I have to go tell this young lady that she's got to do this. I just, and he was laughing and thought it was kind of funny, but uh, I remember just stuff like that coming up. You know, if you're going to open that door and let us play, so to speak, then, you know, you start getting, you start playing jazz, I guess, with some of these scenarios. And if, if you really want to authenticate the character, like, Escobar, which is this kind of, you know, very smart, but also sadistic, kind of slimy guy, then, you know, if you open that door, you got to go in that room and really be in that room. And I remember Jolie Richardson saying to me, it was ironic, too, because we did a sequence, it was a kind of like a, I don't know if it was a dream sequence type thing, where Escobar's character had all these women lining up, and he was, you know, basically having sex with them one after the other. And I remember her coming up to me saying, this is probably more difficult for you than anybody else. And you know what? She was right. It was really weird, man. It was the closest thing with respect to the show and Ryan's genius. I felt like we were teeter-tottering from brilliance on one side and then pornography right there, but not. we didn't push it over the edge. It was there, but not so much. Just enough to unsettle my being, man as an artist to go, wow, I'm really taking my clothes off, you know, spiritually and allowing this frequency to move through me and becoming this beast. And I think Miss Richardson was so sensitive to that process and she saw where I had to go that she was kind enough to, you know, bestow some humanity in between takes so that I wouldn't lose my mind this <laughs> character. Aww. Wow. Wow. It's so fascinating to hear that. I mean, Paul, you touched a little bit on that, didn't you? Uh, sort of about when you auditioned for it and kind of, you know, getting out of that that level. Um, I mean, was, was Ryan somebody who was able to help you along with those sort of scenes to kind of help you as an actress kind of uh, get into that zone where you can maybe overcome that a little bit? He, well, he, of course, he completely understood how vain I was and um, what I was willing to do. Um, I appreciate that when you do have a, a sex scene, it's 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 very strange and awkward and most of the time not romantic, unless you're kissing. Kissing's always fun for me. Um, <laughs> but uh, the the set was always nip tuck was it, it felt very protected and I always felt very safe. And even in the, I don't think I had sex in the show, but I certainly had to like take my clothes off and show. Th- you know the uncomfortableness in between when you when you when you finish filming and they yell cut. Usually, I'm talking football. <laughs> you know, just to kind of break it up so you can't think too hard about it. Um, I remember I asked David Duchovny, different show, what his favorite football team was in between having sex from behind, right? And then they okay, we're rolling again. All right, here we go. I mean, it's just the weirdest <laughs> thing you do. I wish, <laughs> and it's always a close set. I'm sure yours was too. But, you know, it's just, it's odd what we do. Yes. 
Wow. Oh, I'm never going to watch a sex scene in a movie ever again uh, the same way. I'm just yeah. going to be like, who's their favourite football team now, I wonder? I'm sorry. No, no yeah. thank you. It's, it's, it's interesting. Well, there's a, there's a, that's a I really think the interesting viewer benefits thing. more than anybody else. <laughs> I, I think, yeah, for sure. I never felt like gone. Anytime I had to, uh, had a, had a scene like that on the show that it was always so weird because it's, well, everybody here knows it. I mean, it's not, I'm not saying anything that you all don't know, but yeah, it's very, um, I remember one in particular, I've just never forgotten this because I, I, I remember thinking, no, <laughs> like because I, I remember the director came up to me and it was, it was, a it was obviously a, a sex scene and he, he literally came up and he was like, uh, and by the way, I did not know this young lady at all. You know, it's like we had literally just met in the makeup trailer and here we are and, you know, da da da. And we're all professionals and stuff. And obviously the crew on Nip Tuck was phenomenal. As a matter of fact, Kelly Carlson used to always say that she was like, you know, at some point, a group of us, she used to say this during the the run of the show. She's like, there's, there's, She's like, we should open like a school for like how to do these scenes. She was like, because we all have to do them and nobody, she's like, I don't know about you, but like nobody ever sat me down and was like, this is how you do it. She was like, I just <laughs> you know, had to learn like on set, you know? And, and that was very much my experience. And I remember the director coming up to me and uh, he, he didn't know how to say, he goes, can you just like, go harder. And I was like, <laughs> I don't know. You know, it was like one moment where like, I couldn't get, I was like, I don't know. I don't know this person. Like, it was just weird. Right? It was like this, it really caught me out because I, and, and very fortunately she was much more professional than I was. And she was like, it's perfectly okay. You know, blah, blah, blah. But I just remember thinking, God, what a, what a strange reality, you know, that this guy's just like creeping up with, you know, cans around his neck. And he's like, can you just, you know, you know, and, and uh, it was, all, I, I've never forgotten that moment. Cause it was like one of those like snapshot moments of like, this is, this is my job today. All right, here we well, go. Now they have, now they have intimacy coordinators, which I find even more uncomfortable. Like, okay. I, I don't know. I understand it. I've heard, I get of, it. It. I've heard of it. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a little, I, although I don't think I've had to do, have sex on TV for quite a long time. Thank God. Um, but yeah, they have them. I mean, it's, are you okay if he's going to touch you here and then he's going to, and it's, you're like, all right, okay. It's so silly. And yet it does It protect the girls that, you know, are really uncomfortable. And, um, you know, I'm sure Ruth in, in your day and my heyday, you know, people, certain people have taken advantage and you're like, Oh, that was uncomfortable. I wish you didn't do that. We didn't rehearse that. Usually I just say, this is what I'm going to do. And are you okay with that? And how about, and just really make it light and, sure. and fun. And, and then you, they start rolling and then you go for it. And then you cut and you talk about football. Um, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was, that, that was actually always my thing too. I would always try to find the person. And, and similarly, I don't think I've had any, Oh no, I guess maybe I have once, but, but I haven't, I haven't had many intimate scenes since nip talk, but, but, um, I would always try to find the other actor and go just like literally be like, Hey, you know, not even like, Hey, are you comfortable? But just like, Hey, I'm, I'm, I'm not a scumbag. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you know, like in a very subtle way, just be yeah. like, Hey, you know, like, isn't this weird? You Which, know? Can and, I ask and, on that? Just the, the one Ruth talking about all this 
topic that we're on, very famous scene with Mrs. Grubman where she basically tries to bed Christian, Julian. Well, uh, she doesn't get very she does, she doesn't get, Yeah, what, crying about her dead husband. Yeah. What was that yeah. scene? I mean, like you but talked that was, about that chemistry with Julian. I mean, how does that go? And like, do you talk about football with him offset just as you're sort of calling him to, to get into bed with you? No, because it was, we really Stop. didn't do that. It was not a very sexual, I mean, it, it was, it was half a sweet half. scene. It wasn't a sexual scene. Yeah. I mean, it was a fun day at work for me. I got to watch Julian take his clothes off about five times and, yeah. and that was fun. And then he, you know, gets in bed with me and he starts to stroke me and, and I start to cry and it's because my husband, I miss my husband and that comes out. And, and so because it was, had, was such an emotional scene for me, we kind of kept it, you know, quiet between takes and, uh, but I, that was a very special day for me. I really, that was, I, I, that was a, I liked that scene a lot. I thought it played really well. And it's so sweet the way the camera pulled back on it. As we just held each other when he said everything's going to be all right. It's one of those ones that you touched on before about how back, kind very of. Very sweet. Really beautiful, they, beautiful direction. Yeah, they I, kind I, of I, paralleled uh, each Ryan, other. Ryan directed that. Yeah, Ryan directed that one. It was, it was stunning. It was really a beautiful completely agree episode. was it was a great scene i just on that while we're talking about julian and, and also of course dylan obviously all of you shared variety of scenes of them but i'd love to maybe get a, a fun story from each of you about either julian or dylan dylan or or both of them i mean i might start with you john because uh, i'm gonna say you probably shared the majority of screen time with them stabbing them with needle getting punched by them i mean god look where does it go on there's plenty of uh, things sure. that happen to you from sure. both uh christian and sean there but any fun stories or memories from either of them that come to mind? Yeah. I mean, a lot of, a lot of stories, a lot of, um, I mean, again, it's like that thing to where you're sort of looking back over a period of time. And it's also for me, and I don't know why, but it's so fragmented, you know, those, those years on that show, because it was, um, I guess at the end of the day, it was like seven years, you Mm -hmm. know, of, of, on that show and um so it's you just pick little parts out i mean what i will say and this may not be very fun for your viewers and listeners but but it blew me away it always blew me away man and maybe somebody here will have a a different story about him that that sort of contradicts what i'm about to say but you know dylan walsh was number one on the call sheet on that show and I never once in seven years, not once did he come to set with sides in his hand. And I, I remember always being fascinated by that because I was, I, I mean, I never had, I mean, I didn't even have a 10th of like the workload that he or Julian had. And I was clutching those things like a, you know, like a baby's, you know, blanket, you know what I mean? It was such a security blanket for me. And, and it always blew me away that Dylan would show up just ready to go, like no matter how late he had worked the night before. And and um, and he he was Dylan. I'm almost gonna get emotional talking about it because I I adore Dylan. I really do. Dylan, he was like the and and again I'm just speaking purely from my experience, right? But it's like, man, there there was there was a lot of stuff on that show, man. There was a lot of stuff. There's like a lot of there's a lot of stuff and he was the best of us. Like he really was. He just, he was able to, 
display a quiet professionalism. And 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 there were times in the show, like very sincerely, and I, this is not, I'm not, you know, not to air anything out, but I mean, like, like all shows go through this. If you're on a show long enough, like there's going moments where things start to fray and you're getting and, and, and things get out of whack and maybe the band doesn't stay together next year. And, you know, Nip Tuck was no different than that. It's a very cliched trajectory in a lot of ways. And I don't mean that to be dismissive of it. I just mean, you know, anybody hearing or listening or seeing this will understand that everything has that sort of thing to it. And we were no different, but man, Dylan just, he was always just right there, you know, like he just, he just was so, and, 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 you know, and I, I just, uh, I really always enjoyed our time together and, 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 and getting to know him personally outside of the show. And Julian, you know, um, he, he, uh, uh, he was such a, a character in many ways, like obviously as Christian, but then also off the show, he had this really uncanny ability to, and again, just from my perspective, like it was just interesting seeing the two guys who had the, at least amongst the cast, obviously had the, the biggest workload, but to see the way that they managed it in such radically different ways. Like Dylan just sort of stayed the course, like a, almost like a soldier. He was going from trench to trench. I never, I never saw him like, I just personally never saw him out of whack or anything like that. And Julian had this uncanny ability to just brush it off, like water off a duck's back. Like he was just like, he'd just sort of come in like broad shouldered and big. And, and then, you know, and then when it was all said and done, it was almost as though as soon as it was there, it was gone. And, and he was just right as rain as he was driving off into the sunset, you know, and, and, um, there's so much so that, um, I, I actually really enjoyed working with Julian a lot throughout the years. Um, he's a, he's a, he's a big sort of, or at least he was in those days, like a big personality and, and, but I really liked it. I liked having that to sort of not, I don't mean this in like an antagonistic way, but just like in a way, like I, I liked having that to stand against, you know, I, I like the, the, that sort of whatever buttress would be created sort of between that. And I, I, I really enjoyed that. And it's funny because I text with Dylan, maybe, maybe once every six months, just like literally a, how you doing? I hope all is well. I hadn't spoken to Julian in years in the other day. I mean, quite literally the other day, I ran into him at like a coffee shop, wow. like, like out LA, like just random small little coffee Hi, shop. <laughs> oh, you gave me kind of like that. Like I, and I was with a good friend of mine and I was standing there and I remember, and by the way, this is in no way shape or form a reflection on Julian. This is just, again, it's like, it's so many years ago now, you know, but I thought, I was like, oh, I'll be hilarious. Let's see if this guy even recognizes me. And then, uh, and I just stood there and said nothing. And as he turned around with his coffee, he just sort of stopped dead in his tracks. And it turned in to a four hour conversation. We wow. just sat outside and talked uh -huh. and it was, it was incredible, you know? And, and, and since that time, Julian and I have actually been in very regular touch and it's been Fantastic. so lovely. It's been incredible to reconnect with him. So, so it turned, and I'm sorry, I know I'm rambling again, but, but you're really, it's just going down memory lane. It's kind of blowing my mind. It, it, uh, um, the, so funny story. I mean, God, there were, I mean, there were so many, you know, I mean, there, there, there I wouldn't even know where to begin 
And then, but just and in John, terms of John, yeah. can I speak to that point for a second? Because please, yeah, you were afforded this intimacy that I barely scratched the surface of. But mm. the cool thing about it is that, and how how many seasons did the show go? Six, seven, six, six. Okay, so I remember the last episode that the character Escobar appeared on. Ironically, it was with Dylan and Julian in the car. Yep. And there was a song, I forget the, the band, the 80s band, sing, sing, I think the lyrics were something drive. like, you can't go on. Yeah. yeah you try. You can't yeah. go on, like, as if nothing's wrong. What's the lyric? You can't go on yep. thinking nothing's wrong. Okay, so I remember that. And I think every artist, performer knows that sooner or later, I don't care what station you're, you found yourself with the, uh, the, 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 the blessing or the curse of the final curtain inevitably coming. And I think everyone realized in that episode or in that season that the show was ending, right? And I remember feeling kind of melancholy about it. And I remember saying something out of character in reference to feeling that. And I got the sense from Dylan and from Julian that they were struggling. And I wasn't sure why, so I just said something. I think one of the ADs asked me, how are you doing, Robert? You need anything? I said, no, man, I just want to hang myself. And then Dylan said, I'm with Robert. What do you mean? I want to hang myself. And Julian said, yeah, me too. And we all just started laughing because we realized that the final curtain was coming and it was over. And that was the, and and to me, for them to say, to be, because they're celebrities, right? And, uh, and for them to, to be candid like that and cue from me that way and be honest was the greatest compliment and, and felt so endearing to me because I didn't, I wasn't alone in it that we, none of us were impervious to the final curtain, man. Great, it was great, over. Great story. We all knew it. Great story. Love that. Paula, I want to touch on you just quickly with, with that question um, because I guess out of everybody on the show, you were obviously only in the one season sort of a more in a condensed time and a lot of those scenes were more so with, with Dylan. But uh, anything that particularly uh, stands out to you? He's a very good kisser. Hey, so there we go. After the, <laughs> the Emmys, I'm allowed to say that. Yes. Uh, after the Emmys, where I think I said something like, oh, Mariska Hargitay won another one. And Mariska <laughs> and I knew each other back in the day. So that was funny. Um, and then he kissed me. It was like a really good kiss. Him and Jason Bateman, very close, very close tie. <laughs> good to know. All right. Um, kissers uh he was just he was just lovely to work with it's true i really was just me and dylan i ran into him not too long ago um around lake hollywood and scared the shit out of him uh but uh he was a sweet guy he was nice again being the guest star that comes in to this established amazing show um they were very welcoming and i did i kill the show was i the show killer for that no, I don't. I, we we, we oh, won't. Get, what, how long do we have? Yeah, one more season after. <laughs> yeah well, no, no. Yeah, 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 there was one more season. I mean, Please. season five was that weird oh, one where it sort of split after. So, Please. yes, <laughs> it wasn't me, but I had a great time. It was it was such a Dylan was amazing. Uh, Paula, yeah. you're you're about to head off, and we're going to close this off in just a moment anyway. But just one quick thing before you go, Paula, uh, what are you up to now? Uh, how's how's life? Um, update just for the fans who kind of want to hear the life of Paula Marshall right now in 2023? Well, right now we're having a pool party. Um, so I have to uh, get the drinks going and um, I'm waiting for uh, Euphoria season three. Hopefully <laughs> if we, I mean, I'm going to strike on Monday, so I'm going to get out to the picket line. Hopefully it won't last too long. Um, 
I'm waiting to see if I if Marsha is even going to be in episode in season three, because we don't know, you know, writers. Sam Levinson is a creative genius. I think he probably uh, watched Nip Tuck and got some inspiration um, because it's on the same level. It's an amazing show. Nip Tuck was an amazing show. Um, and so I'm waiting to see if that follow it, you know, that character continues there. And besides that, just, uh, being a mom, my daughter's going off to college next year. Wow. So, um, uh, so that's what I'm doing. Well, yeah. it sounds yeah. like it's all going, we'll keep an eye out for that. But Paul, we it appreciate is. your time joining us here on the show to celebrate the legacy. So go swim, please go have a couple Thank of martinis you. by the pool. And, uh, we appreciate your time. On, on the Thanks, show. Thanks, guys. It was such a pleasure. Thank you Thank so you. much. Thank you. Appreci- Zooming Bye. with you. Appreciate it. <laughs> Thanks, Ruth, ben. Thank you so Ruth, much. I'll just touch with you just on what we're talking about there. I mean, obviously, you've talked a little bit about, about Julian, but uh, anything else to add just in terms of fun stories with either Julian or oh, Dylan? Um, well, let's see. Um, there was the episode where I <laughs> I dragged in my boyfriend or fiance, and I wanted a, a vaginal rejuvenation and i wanted my boyfriend to have uh, a scrotal tuck Mm -hmm. and (laughs) you know (laughs) dr troy says to me why on earth are you doing this and i said because when you strip us naked and stand us next to each other we look like the pit in the pendulum (laughs) that was funny right (laughs) anyway so in this scene i had a scene where i had to be lying on a table with my feet in stirrups and you know my legs sticking up and julian is between my legs talking to me looking at my vagina my or as uh mrs grubman would have said uh vaginal rejuvenation (laughs) she was so crass (laughs) she was so horrible anyway um that day as we as i spent the day on my back with you know in between my legs he was so sensitive because i was sort of horrified (laughs) and he was so sensitive and dear and funny and cracking jokes and because we we had a great friendship uh julian and i we really got along well and i it was probably because i had a massive crush on him i was just who doesn't oh i had a (laughs) insane crush on him and of course i'm sure he knew it and 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 that tickled him to no end. So it was just a fun relationship we had. So, good to hear. Good to hear. And that day, that day with him between my legs, it was very, uh, <laughs> very bonded. Very bonding. If you're not going to bond, then when are you going to bond? Uh, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I think I think that's that's a pretty pretty good way to, to bond. Uh, before we close out, one thing I just wanted to touch on. Uh, <laughs> with you john really quickly now when we when we had you on the show a few years ago and when we covered all 100 episodes we we did we like to kind of go on this notion of the hashtag poor matt right like all the uh the bad things or the unlucky things and everything now when i did my little speed rewatch in the last month i could have counted how many women christian slept with i could have counted how many surgeries were done i could have counted how many deaths no i counted the amount of hashtag poor matt moments there were do you want to give me a rough idea of how many bad things or bad luck things happened to Matt McNamara over a hundred episodes of Nip Tuck? Okay. So you actually want me to guess a number? Just give me a, give me a ballpark number and I'll tell you if you're even close. Let me preface it briefly by saying this. I will say very sincerely, I, from about season two until the last season, 
I was really waiting for that script that said Matt ends it all. Like I thought this kid, there's no way he's going like it's coming. And so there was, there was to the poor Matt of it all. There was always in my mind, I was like, for sure, this is, this is how they're going to send Matt off, you know? And, and, um, Really, up until the the final episode, actually, I thought. Yeah. Um, so it's it, the, so the, the so the I just can't think. Of it. I thought I thought well, this kid like basically when he left with with uh, Ava at the end, I was like, well, he'll either become like you can follow his trajectory. Like either he's gonna, I think they went to Paris, went to Paris or something. Yeah. Like either he's gonna die in Paris or he's going to evolve and essentially become enlightened you know like he'll, he'll join scientology again i mean he did it once right like yeah well that's right there's something you know that he'll, he'll sort of come back you know and and uh um so if i had to get what well, so so the numbers gotta be pretty high oh yeah uh see i and oh, I, poor I, man. I forgot how many episodes i was in did you you're say in it was 65 like, you're in 65 65 and and uh so i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm uh, the number that's coming to my mind which i'm i'm actually intentionally going over but i'm gonna say 67 not even close my friend uh i counted 142 okay cool <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not going to go through all of them. These are all well, horrible things that happened to poor Matt, right? So we're talking trying to chop his own penis off, sleeps with yeah, his oh, own sister, uh, becomes a mime, becomes a mime robber, uh, was- needs to get breast implants in surgery because his prison bitch wants to oh, feel some I boobs. I totally forgot about uh, that, dude. <laughs> oh, my God. I got a story about that one. All right. That's- Give it to us. Well, no, no. I mean, it's not. I mean, it's well, it's just that guy, Patrick Kilpatrick, that actor who was really nice guy. But, you know, he's a hulk of a man. Right. And I remember uh, it was it was. Uh, uh, oh, my God. I can't, I literally I, I would have lived the rest of my life and forgotten that my character was have forced to wear a bra in prison. I swear I would have I would have forgotten. You're welcome. Uh, yeah, thanks. The. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> It's like my daughter, by the way, my 11 year old daughter's in another room in this place that we're staying, this Airbnb that we're in. And it, 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 she, uh, uh, um, she's never seen anything that I've been in because she can't, you know, and, and it's, and, 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 and in the very, very rare moment where somebody might, you know, be very nice and say something to me, she, she's, she's always like, just like, Oh, so you actually you actually were like an actor like you do that like yeah and, wow. and it's like, because it's like so she's she's not you know i haven't i haven't you know i haven't shown her anything anyway sorry so i'm glad you're here ben or else those things would just <laughs> i'm just letting mind. you talk i'm loving these tangents again you sorry, fit very sorry, well on the old network it's great i said john scott who was directing that episode he started on nip tuck as a camera operator and then he started directing episodes and patrick was really like <laughs> like really doing his version of like a real method thing to where like he was getting like loud and he was hopping and popping and like going in the cell and like doing all this stuff and he was he was i'm not exaggerating he was bare minimum twice my size and i jokingly said to john scott i said hey 
have you ever seen Team America? And he was like, yeah. He was like, that's one of my favorite movies. I was like, if you see me doing this in the camera, like call cut because this guy's killing me. And 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 he's like, oh. And then and then we go in and take one. And dude, he just takes a hold of me and slams me and just starts punching me. And like, and I literally look at the camera. He's punching me in my chest in his defense. He's not hitting my head. But like, I look and that like as a, I, I am half joke, like, but I mean, literally, like I got claw marks, like literal claw marks down my neck because he's just like grabbing him. And so I look at the camera and do this. And as this guy is like wringing my neck and throwing me around, I hear John Scott be like, Hensley, look at Hensley, because he thinks I'm kidding. And meanwhile, I was like imagining my head just getting popped off and like chucked over the wall. And it was- uh, Oh my God. Wow. It was great. It ended up up being great. And, and, And I have to say, to Patrick's credit, it it played it played really well and, and he did he did like everything right for that scene but that was at a point in the show where you know you're like to say jaded is the wrong word but you're kind of like you think you know how everything's gonna go you think you know like because it's like you've been there for a couple of years you think you know and then that also kind of speaks to what we were talking about earlier about the beauty of the people who would come into the show and really bring what they had to bring to the table. Because then along comes a dude who's like, "Yeah, not today. Like today, we're gonna we're gonna act a little. Like today, we're gonna <laughs> do it." You know, and and it uh, um, and it was um, it was. I, but I've 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 yeah that that I've totally forgot about that bra thing. So anyway, then then although I will say this about it, it was very funny. And, and, and I, I wish he were on this because I'd be like, oh, right. but but he uh, um, I remember when it came time for me to kill him because I kill him with the bra. Mm-hmm. I, I, and and um, and after he gets done beating me up for whatever, two and a half hours, he's like, hey, uh, go, go, when you when you do the bra, go easy on that. Like, all right. And then I just man, I that thing. I was like, this bra is going to snap, son. And I just like I went and. <laughs> got a thick neck he was fine but it was just very funny i was like oh i get mine you know and and uh and um um yeah that was that ended up being a fun day everybody everybody got a laugh that day because they they were like i remember aaron Kruger, who did makeup on the show she was she was uh head of the makeup department she literally as she was covering the scratches on my neck between takes she'd be like uh, are you okay? I, like, <laughs> I think, man, I think I'm all right. All right. Wow. wow. Anyway, raw. The, so the bra, you really triggered a real memory. That was actually one of the more like physical memories I have of that show. But yeah, so okay, so that's a lot of poor Matt. I'll send you one. the list if you like. Once we finish this, um, you know, uh, I think the, the mind. We talked about poor the mind storyline, but I mean, when you go full mind. Oh. You may be, uh... that, sorry, that's what made me think of my daughter. So today um, I, I took her to see um, where we are is literally across a parking lot from a great local uh, movie theater here in Louisville, Kentucky. And, and we went and saw um, um, Wes Anderson's new film, Asteroid City. She, she loves Wes Anderson. I love Wes Anderson. And, 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 uh, and, and they ran this mime commercial. And I literally said to her today, it must be because I was knew I was coming on here. I was like, you know what? Uh, your dad played him. <laughs> I am um, played this guy called the mime bandit. And I had to learn how to be a mime. <laughs> she, wow. This poor child. She's just like, all right. 
Like, can I get popcorn? Um, <laughs> Only if yeah. you mime it with me on the way there. I literally, literally saw a mime today on the screen. That's not that triggering for you, John. Really Every time you see a mime, like, oh no. <laughs> I I remember feeling very self conscious wearing. It's weird, like a show where you have to often have no clothes on. I never <laughs> felt more self conscious than having that mime, like that low cut stripe thing and the little gray cropped vest and i think i even maybe had a beret if yep, i'm not mistaken you did mm -hmm. ah, just being out uh right at the santa monica pier in that thing it it, it was just so that was that was <laughs> humiliating i'm fairly certain Brian <laughs> did that to humiliate me like that was I, that was a good bet yeah. maybe a new wrinkle for the next show would be um nip tuck I don't know. Um, rehab uh, yeah. slash. I'll get I'll get somebody in this. I'll get a therapist on there. Tell me what you don't like about yourself. <laughs> go, go yeah, for sure. Is that the same with you, Robert? Every time you hear "Cars" by Gary Newman, you either get triggered or like it. Like, hey, I'm Escobar all of a sudden. <laughs> Guess what? When I was in the military, I sailed. Uh, I did a Westpac. I went overseas, and I went to Australia. And that's the first. I, you know, that was the '80s, right? So I was listening to Gary Newman. And I was entranced with that song while I was doing my tour overseas. And I would listen to that song and I would just, you know how like when you listen to music, sometimes you make movies in your head, you just fantasize yep. about things. And that song has been following me long before I met Ryan Murphy. So it was ironic wow. to me that that was my theme music in the show. Fantastic. Oh, wow. Wow. Every time I hear that song to this day, I think of your character on Nip Tuck. It just comes to mind right straight away. It just, it's it always cool does song, it. Man. It's just, cool you, you're there. It's an amazing song. Yeah. Guys, before we before we wrap this up, I'd love to get a personal update from you with each of you. But one question I just want to ask each of you, we'll go around the room here. I'll start with you, Robert. 20 years on, legacy of Nip Tuck. What do you think the legacy it had on television uh, over the last 20 years? Um, I think your show demonstrates that. And the people who comment about it all these years later remind me. I don't know. I can't speak to that other than the input I get from others. So clearly it's it's made an imprint in television history, which is very difficult. So I you know, I salute that. Fantastic. Ruth. Well, I don't think there was anything even remotely like it on television when it came out. And I I think it was um you know, groundbreaking and uh you know, there was a, the sexual content was greater. They really pushed the envelope in, in that regard. Um, but it was, uh, and also I think the fact that it attracted so many of these remarkable guest stars, these big, big stars, it attracted so many, so much talent because it was so special. And so I, I can't put my finger on what that special thing was. It was just a chemistry that happens if you're lucky once in a blue moon and nip tuck habit. So great. Absolutely agree. John, I'll leave it uh final words there for, for yourself. Oh gosh. I mean, I, I wouldn't know how to, how to uh, add much more. Uh, um, I, I think, I, I think that really sums it up. I mean, I, it's a, it's in a weird way. I, well, and maybe this is this is a, a testament to to any sort of show that's fortunate enough to have a, I guess, an impact. And and it's also hard. And I'm I'm sure maybe we all feel this way. I don't know. Like it's always hard to 
comment on something that, uh, you know, I just, I, dude, I'm, I'm just, I just got invited along for the ride. You know what I mean? Like, meaning I, I, I'm, I'm thankful that I got to be a part of it. And, and it was, it was, it was, it's, it's hard to, t- like, I don't, I don't feel any ownership of it in any way. You know, I just very lucky, man. There's, 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 mm-hmm. there's plenty of other, you know, guys in that audition room that could have done the job every bit is good if not better than i did you know 100 percent. and and um um and it's it's really always a lovely surprise like when you reached out about this you know i i it's it's pretty cool man that like 20 years after that show premiered that it's you know that we're here talking about it and and that you know it was memorable for us, uh, just to be a part of. And in terms of what it left behind, I mean, I, I, I can only hope, I can only hope that it, 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 and again, it's more a testament to the, to the writers and, and, and all of those folks, I can only hope that it, you know, maybe served in some way to, you know, either as a, a, a point of inspiration or just to, to, to help push it along. Like I, I can say this, like Nip Tuck wouldn't have, gotten its chance without the shield you know Mm. the shield on fx is the one that you know really cracked that i mean obviously radically different genre than nip tuck and all of that good stuff but it was it was the shield and then and then they said yes to ryan greer and michael you know to bring nip tuck to the table and i i can only hope that maybe nip tuck was able to do that for you know some other storytellers you know that came came afterwards Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. So many different things. I want to mention is that I thought the production values in Nip Tuck were so extraordinarily good. Yes. It was beautiful to look at. It was because I Ryan's eye is so good. It was just beautiful to look at. Every every set was glorious. And I also want to compliment the extraordinary use of music. Yes. hundred percent. I don't the fellow's name that chose the music. I mean, he was really good. That was some great music. Well that's Man, it's always that way and and ryan murphy's always kind of had that sort of throughout his career hasn't it about finding that perfect song to kind of mix with the scene and i mean absolutely agree ruth and sort of touching what i was saying there to robert about like cars i mean there are so many songs from this show that will just instantly take me back to an an episode of of nip tuck Uh, I, i can never listen to rocket man by elton john ever again and not think of the suicide scene uh you know in season one and and sort of so many other iconic memories uh i mean total eclipse of the heart now john i just think of poor old matt burning himself alive while cooking meth um oh, yes so <laughs> yes that's really funny yeah um, um that's I have that's the, really I have the, um, uh, what's that sorry I told, I told no i was saying i told ryan murphy that he had to use the rolling stones at some point oh and he used it plenty of times i think he, uh, think he, he went did. through their entire catalog on, didn't he early on he was like i said you got to get stones music it's really going to work for you and he i think he used mother's little helper for one of my things <laughs> one of but my yes, he was genius he was genius in celebrating narcissism and making hell yes. seem attractive uh, because he, he dressed it so wonderfully and so festively that you'd want to go to hell because Ryan's hell was a good time. <laughs> that's a re- that's a that's like a beautiful way to put it, Robert. That's that's the thing. That's it. That's re- that's really interesting. That yeah, good. that's a great way of putting that's- it. Yeah, so many ways of doing that, and just uh, everything good about time. it. 
we could easily chat here for another hour about it, but I'm going to wrap this up and thank you each individually. And please, on the way out, uh, let us know, let our listeners and our viewers know what you're up to, if there's anything that we can see you in or anything along those lines. I'll start with you, Robert. Uh, thank you so much for coming back on to celebrate this occasion. And, and please uh, update, what are, what are you up to now? Um, this October, uh, Grindstone Lionsgate releasing a film called Bloodthirst, vampire fantasy thing. Uh, keep an eye out for that. Definitely. Sounds exciting. I like it. I like a good vampire movie. So I'm on, I'm on board. Ruth, to you, thank you so much for appearing. It's such an honor to chat to you and to hear oh, your stories you, and everything that. And, and yeah, can we see you in anything coming up soon? What are you up to? Um, not really. I'm, you know, I haven't been working a lot because I'm, I actually had some orthopedic issues recently. So, um, but I'm coming back, but I do a lot of voiceover work and I may be doing a play in Los Angeles that may be coming up. So great. Yeah. Good luck, and uh, hopefully uh, all the the health issues there are, are good. Yeah, and, uh, we're getting it. We're, I'm getting it under control. <laughs> well, all our thoughts and fingers crossed, and everything along those lines there too. John, yourself, thank you so much for coming back. I I was since we last talked to you, you did appear on another Ryan Murphy show. You were in a brief stint on nine one one there, just for a a brief little uh, moment there. I was excited to see you on that. But uh, anything else what we can it? see you in coming up at all? Nothing, nothing coming up, man. I, I, uh, I spend a majority of my time these days actually writing. Um, right. and, uh, and I'm actually right now working on, um, actually a documentary film that, uh, I'm pretty, pretty excited about, but, um, as with all those things, man, like it's, it's, a it's an interesting topic and, um, potentially controversial topic, but I'm, I'm very excited that they're giving me the opportunity to tell the story. So that's sort of, that's really what I'm devoting a majority of my time these days to. Well, we'll Congratulations, it. John. Congratulations, yes, indeed. Great. Keep an eye thank out for oh, that. Thank you. Absolutely. Thank you very much. And to everyone. I, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, we, we, we can, we can, we can, Come, come back to us, John. When it's down the line, we can we can help I'll talk come, about I'll it more as well. It may not be your fair, Ben, but we'll see. Keep, I'm telling you, support group, you know, <laughs> support group, you know, like, you know. Like, I, I think we've, we've discovered this. Yeah. This is like a, a you know, yeah. some, hey, yeah, we'll, we'll, and then we we'll can film the it. And when people Point. ask about a reboot, it's just literally the actors who are on Nip Tuck trying yeah, to come we're, together. We're in recovery. Exactly. We're, we just didn't know it. For 20 years, we've been in recovery. We just didn't know it. Exactly. Until you brought it up. <laughs> There's something to that. Yeah, I like it. I like it. Guys, seriously, it's such an honor to get you all together here to celebrate this occasion. So uh, we appreciate your time here and on the Alt Network today. Um, ben, thank, thank you, you ben. so much. Thank you, Ben. Right. John, it's great seeing you, man. Oh, my God. So good to see you, too, Ruth. So good to see you. Sure. Bye. And an absolute massive thanks to John, to Robert, to Ruth and Paula for joining us there to reminisce on all those fantastic memories. And, of course, in the introduction, you did hear me mention John Schneider. And you're probably thinking, Ben, you're a liar. Where was John Schneider? Well, I'm not a liar because, unfortunately, John wasn't able to join us live for the episode. But John was so kind as to send us a message to play on the reunion. So, without further ado... Here is the one, the only, John Schneider, who, of course, played Ram Peters on season five of Nip Tuck. Let's take a listen to what John had to say. Hey, folks, John Schneider here. Ram Peters. Ram Peters. I want to tell you that I talk about my experience on Nip Tuck all the time. 
It was a great, great experience. If I wasn't in Grand Isle, Louisiana, celebrating my wife's birthday, uh, I would be on this show right now. But I do want to tell you that I appreciate uh, the time that I spent there for as amazingly raunchy a show (laughs) that was aired to everybody. I often tell folks that the cast and crew were among the sweetest and nicest people that I've ever worked with. I think it's because the nature of the show was so wild and crazy that the nature of the cast and crew couldn't be or we wouldn't get the work done. You know, it would just be crazy. But anyway, I had a wonderful time there. I hope you're having a wonderful time with this uh, with this event tonight. Uh, short story, if you... Uh, uh, if you remember my character, uh, it was kind of wild because the woman that would later become my wife was running Robert Evans' office, which was right behind my uh, dressing room. And But we didn't meet. We met later and had a wonderful, wonderful life together. And I often brag on my time on Nip Tuck. So you take care, everybody from that show. Know that uh, I love you and you are a highlight of uh, my life. You take care. Ram Peters. Signing out. Could have been Craven Moorhead. Wasn't. Was Ram Peters. I guess you had to bleep that out. Bye. <laughs> Yeehaw. And John, mate, just to let you know, we don't bleep anything out on this show. So Craven Moorhead, we're going to play it. A fantastic name. I like that. Maybe better than Ram Peters. And if not, maybe a Bond name can be used in the future. So Michael Wilson, Barbara Broccoli, if you're listening, have that one for free. Craven Moorhead to be used in a James Bond film. And a massive thanks to John for his time on the show, at least albeit brief. And we are hopefully going to arrange a full-length interview with John in the future, which will also excite Colin a little bit too, because while Colin may not be on the Nip Tuck fan page, given that he's a massive Smallville fan, and of course John Schneider, Clark Kent's father in Smallville, that might be a way to entice Colin on to uh, learn a little bit more about Nip Tuck and everything along those lines as well. But once again, thanks to John, thanks to Robert, to John, to Ruth, to Paula, uh, all for joining us there, John Hensley and John Schneider, two Johns there. Uh, massive pleasure to have them all here on the show. As I mentioned at the top of this episode, an exclusive. Now, of course, at least at the time of us recording this and releasing it, as I said before, we are aware that there are no other reunions happening. There could all of a sudden be one drop today, tomorrow, an exclusive one. Potentially, maybe FX has got Julian and Dylan and, and Jolie all back together. Who knows? But at least... By me pressing record today and recording this introduction, it is the only one that we are aware of. So uh, we thank you for everybody who tuned in today and for everybody, of course, who uh, joined us on the show. With all these reunions, of course, we do reach out to as many people as possible. And of course, variety of different reasons why we can only get a certain amount of people on, be it timing, be it an unavailability, everything along those lines too. And that's not to disparage who we've had on the show today, but of course, by doing a reunion like this, it inevitably leads to questions. Where was Julian? Where was Dylan? Where was Jolly? Where are all these sort of people? You had Roma on the show previously. You had, uh, you know, other people on the show previously. But of course, it all comes down to timing. It's a matter of getting people available and everything along those lines too. So the fact that we can get anybody to join us on the show to discuss their time on Nip-Tuck, it's an honor in itself. We'd be happy with one person, let alone five different people to come together for this. So it is an honor to have everybody here on the show who have had on there as well and to celebrate this occasion because, of course, Nip-Tuck, an iconic show, Unfortunately, it is a show that maybe sort of dropped off the radar a little bit and maybe isn't in the public psyche as much as it once was. 
but it's still an iconic show, as you heard everybody discuss on the episode today and left its imprint on television. And if you've not watched it in a long time, go and watch it now. I believe it's on Hulu at the moment. And of course, go back and listen to all 100 episodes that Nick and I recorded on. We recapped every single one of them. And alongside this episode too, available today, Nick and I got back together. We talked about our memories of the show as well, just as sort of a bit of a retrospective as well. So make sure you uh, do tune into that one as well. And if you want to see the video version of this as well, if you just don't care about hearing voices, head to our YouTube channel. We did record the video of this episode and you will be able to watch all of the pretty faces that I talked about. They seriously have not aged a day, none of them. They look all fantastic. So uh, head to our YouTube channel, search for that and you'll be able to see the full length video version as well of our reunion here. And at the top of the show I mentioned, we've done previous 20 year reunions. We did it with both Third Watch and 24. So you can go back and check those ones through the Oz Network archives. And we have more planned. Next year will be 20 years of Lost. So we'll, of course, plan to do a 20-year reunion of some sort for Lost. Next year, actually, will also be 25 years since Third Watch. Now, yes, we did a 20-year reunion of Third Watch. And we're not planning on doing a 20, 25, 30-year, like every five years, do something of the same thing. But Third Watch might be something we will revisit for a 25-year reunion, mainly because it is a show that we do like to kind of own a bit of exclusivity on because that is definitely one that we are the only one to have ever done anything related closely to Third Watch. And the other main reason as well is unfortunately back when we did the 20-year reunion for Third Watch back in 2019, we didn't record a video version of that. Zoom wasn't really a thing back in 2019. So we, of course, did that back in Skype, back when you used to do it on the Skype days. So there was no video available of that. So I think a key reason we would like to maybe revisit that on the 25-year reunion anniversary is so that we can then include a video element to it and see if we can maybe get some of the other people who were scheduled to appear in the 20-year one, weren't able to, and bring them back. And we had a lot of fun. And let's be honest, I'm a Third Watch fanboy. It's my favorite show, so any excuse to do that. So stay tuned for that one. We always like to, of course, with the main shows that we do cover on this podcast, celebrate it when we can. There's big occasions, big anniversaries. We're lucky to be involved in able to do it in any capacity. As I said, we would be honored right now if only one of these people who are on the show today showed up to celebrate the occasion. We'll be the same next year with Lost, next year with the 25th anniversary of Third Watch, in the future when we reach Breaking Bad, 20-year anniversary of that in 2028, all those sort of ones as well, we will be honored to just get even remotely one person on the show. We're a plucky little podcast that punches above our weight and we do what we can to bring you some great content and get to interact with some of these amazing people who brought us some great entertainment over the years. So it's a, it's a privilege to bring this to you today and we thoroughly hope that you as a Nip Tuck fan and anybody out there who's just a fan of television in general enjoyed this episode today. If you enjoy what we put out today, you're going to enjoy everything else that we've got going on. I mentioned 24 a couple of times. Our 24 coverage is still ongoing. We're deep into season five. You'll be able to hear our latest recap episode of that in just a couple of days time. We're recapping episode 14 of season five. So make sure, make sure you stay tuned to that. We're also in the midst of anniversary month as well. It's all about anniversaries, isn't it? So last week we celebrated the 25th anniversary of the Truman show. Next week, we are celebrating the 10th anniversary of the movie Rush. Ron Howard film, very close to my heart, a Formula One film with Chris Hemsworth and Daniel Brawl in it. So that will be dropping next Thursday. If you missed our spoiler-free review of Mission Impossible, the latest Mission Impossible movie, Dead Reckoning Part 1, it's a, it's a bit of a mouthful. There's uh, so many different words in the title, but we got there eventually. You know Colin's still glowing over that one. That's available now. And we'll have spoiler-free reviews of both Oppenheimer and Barbie. Fortunately, not the same movie, but that will be coming out soon as well. Plenty to keep you entertained here on the Oz Network. 
If you've maybe never listened to the show before and this is your first time you're tuning into it, we've got more than a thousand episodes that keep you entertained covering all TV shows, movies. We've got interviews galore. So much fun to bring you and we love bringing you every single second of it. One more time, a big thanks to both the Johns, to Robert, to Ruth, to Paula, and also just on the Nip Tuck coverage going, as I said, all 100 episodes. And as I said at the top of the show, John Hensley, Robert Lasada, who have appeared on the show before in full-length interviews. Both are fantastic if you want to learn more about them playing their characters and go back into our archives and find those as well. And as you will hear at the end of this as well, Patreon available, more exclusive content right into your speakers. My name is Ben. This has been the Oz Network. Thanks for tuning in to our exclusive 20-year Nip Tuck reunion, and we will speak to you next time. Thanks for downloading this episode of the Oz Network. Make sure you never miss an episode by subscribing to the podcast via Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, or by copying our RSS feed into your preferred podcast provider. And while you're there, please drop us a rating and leave us some feedback. You can also be sure to stay up to date with all the latest episodes and happenings from the show, as well as finding out how you can get involved in upcoming episodes by following our social media pages on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, as well as getting everything you need under one roof at theoznetwork.net. Thanks again for listening, and we'll speak to you next time. like exclusive stuff yes, yes sir do you like having access to your favorite podcast hosts in a way like never before yeah absolutely do you wish you had access to our old survivor oz episodes that you can't find anywhere else online oh yeah if you answered yes to one two or all of those questions then get excited because the oz network is now on patreon <laughs> That's right, your favourite podcast has jumped on the Patreon bandwagon to enable a better listening experience for you, our listener. For more details, simply head to www.patreon.com forward slash oznetwork where you can sign up for as little as $3 a month. It'll be the best decision you make since that last bad one you made. (laughs)